Amen. Hold point. Come on, if you if you love Jesus, give him a hand today. Come on. You happy to be in God's house? Yeah. If you're joining us online. Welcome to Hope Point. Look at your neighbor. Say you look good. You look good in church. Come on, you know how we do here. Look at your other neighbor. Say you look all right too. It's always the guy on the end that gets that, you know. Listen, uh, what a, what a special Sunday we have. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, September seventeenth, September seventeenth, uh, we'll be doing three services at this campus: eight thirty, ten, and eleven thirty. Uh, just to make room. Come on, give it up for Jesus. We're doing that because He's doing that. Um, and I know that 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 can be difficult. That can be challenging. There's a lot of change in all of that. But um, you know, like I said before. I feel like God always wants to make room at the table. So we're just making more seats available and uh, at the table. And so um, if you uh, have not found a place to be a part of the body of Christ and plug in after service today in the Life Center, right out that door down, there's lots of opportunities. We got an overabundance of children, lots of children. I love kids, man. They're so awesome. And um, if, if you feel so called, feel so led, man, get involved and uh, sign up for kids or production or wherever it is God's called you, but be a part of the body of Christ today. And we got a little special treat for all them kids going back to school. Our team's worked real hard. There's a lot happening there. So I just want to thank you uh, for being here today. And I want to thank you for being a part of what God is doing to build his kingdom. Come on, everybody say kingdom. It's about his kingdom in our community. Come on. I feel like we shouldn't stop till the last person here knows Jesus. Are you with me? Come on, can we just keep trucking? Can we, can we go to heaven exhausted because we tried to get everybody out of hell and into heaven? Anybody with me? Come on, heaven's more important when you know hell exists. Are you with me? Come on, who, who, wants to, who wants to win somebody to Jesus today? Come on, let's, let's, let's populate heaven and ransack hell. So um, help us sign up, be a part of that, and um, God's going to do great things. You ready for the word? I'm going to give it to you whether you are or not. All right, come on. Bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you that your word is life. It's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I know, Jesus, that you are in the room. You're in the room. And if you're in the room, anything can happen. All things are possible. Great are the wonders which you have done. You fill us with greater joy. Father, and today for everybody watching online, for everybody in this seat, God, I just pray that you would come and move. Lord, you have all we need. Help us to dial in and see what you want to give us today. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Man, going to be a good Sunday. Uh, I want to, um, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 43. This is uh, all about God's glory. Everybody say glory. God's glory coming to his house. And I just believe that we're in a time, we're in a season of our church where God's presence, his glory wants to come in the house. I don't believe that God ever intended for you to come and learn only. The, the history of the Bible is not just about education, but experience. God came down to meet 
with his people. Can I get an amen? amen? If you're new to church, amen just means I agree, let it be. So, so God came to meet with his people. So if you think of the glory of God, I want you to think of the presence of God. All right. If you think of the glory of God, you think of the presence of God. In the Hebrew, that would be Chabad, right? It would be the manifest presence of God coming down in your life. And that happened in a lot of ways. It was defined in a lot of ways. It's, it's, it's thought of as a heaviness or a richness or a weight, a splendor or a majesty of God. And so Jesus tries to articulate this to the disciples because it's thought of his honor, the honor of God coming down. He, he tells the disciples, hey, when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he'll say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored. Everybody say honored. You'll be, glory will be, dis, be bestowed upon you in the presence of all your fellow guests. So if you think of the glory of God as honor and as heavy, then, then, then the word heavy, where you'd find that is it would be a weight. It would be a weight. When God's glory comes, there's substance to it. It's valuable. A lot of things that are valuable have weight to them. They're worth something. Riches were weighty. Precious things were weighty. They were made of, 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 of heavy materials. So when a king traveled, he traveled heavy, right? He had an entourage. He had an army. He had riches. The Ark of the Covenant, what? The presence of God in the Old Testament was carried on people's shoulders. There was a, a weight to it. In fact, if you look in Babylon, there was a king by the name of Belshazzar, right? He was an evil king. Daniel comes to him and says, Mene, mene, take parson. You have been weighed in the scales and found wanting, right? Meaning God weighed you, O king, and there wasn't any substance to you. There was no glory. There was no weight to your life, so you're going to be removed. Weight isn't about position. Weight is about character and substance. Are you with me? So when you have glory, the weight of God comes down on your life. There's a glory that comes down. And so, of course, when God comes down and his weight, his glory comes down, everybody bowed. You know why? Because it was weighty. When, when you put some weight on you, you kind of go down a little bit, right? So when the glory of God comes in the room, ain't nobody standing. When, when the glory of God comes in the room, you don't need nothing else. Are you with me? When the glory of God comes in the room, things are made right that have been off for a long time. When the glory of God comes in the room, things are changed in an instant. And I just want to tell you today that if you came today, God desired to have an encounter with you. Come on. He, he desired to have an experience with you, not just, um, hey, I, I checked this off the box, but, but an encounter that brings a fundamental change and brings a greater glory in, of him into your life. Can I get an amen? amen? So there's characteristics to the glory of God. And I'm just going to kind of set up the table. The glory of God was noticeable. Number one, you can notice the presence of God. In the Old Testament, it was a cloud. The Bible says that when God would meet with his people, Israel, the glory of the Lord would appear in a cloud. The glory of God was also known by his goodness. The Bible says that, that, that he told Moses, I will cause all my goodness, all my glory to pass in front of you. So when you, see, when you experience the goodness of God, you're experiencing a portion of the glory 
of God. You could see God's glory in his righteous acts. When, when the Israelites were in, were, were in the desert, they didn't have a lot of food. And so God provided food for them. And then they grumbled about what he gave them. So he said, hey, I tell you what, in the, Moses and Aaron told the people, in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. Everybody say glory. glory. Come on, say glory. I don't know who's hungry, but I'm hungry to see the glory of God not only fill your life, but our church and our community because there comes a fundamental change when the glory of God shows up. Moses said, you'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in the morning, that God's provision comes with his glory. So, so if you're looking for something, look no further. If you lack something, look no further than the glory of God. Because his provision comes in those places. The glory fills things. The Bible says that the, the glory of God would fill his house. The manifest presence of God, something tangible that you could see, would fill his house. And when God's glory showed up, it was a sign that he was really pleased. It meant, man, things are really happening well. They're, they're going well. My people are trekking with me. The Bible says of Moses that God said to him, I will do the very thing you've asked. God, Moses said, show me your glory. He said, I'll do the thing you asked. Why? Because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. See, the, the, when you get close to God, you start, you start adjusting some things in his word. You start, you start aligning some things. God's pleasure, his favor comes on your life and there's a greater expression of his glory in your life. You following me? The Bible says that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, how does that happen? Well, if you're a believer here today, the Bible says that what? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God loves to fill his temple with his glory. So you take the glory, you're an ambassador of the glory of God. You take it into every situation, every stinky situation, every nasty situation, every great situation, every awesome situation, every relationship, every facet, and the glory of God shows up as, he, as you allow his glory to be made manifest in your life. The glory is overwhelming. The Lord our God has shown us his glory and majesty, the Bible says. We've heard his voice. All of Israel was like, no, we don't want, <laughs> that, that's too big. That's too great. Moses, you do something with that, right? How many of you know in, in a New Testament covenant in the times that we live in that you can access the glory of God? It's nothing to be afraid of and it's nothing to be ashamed of. That God, when God's glory comes, um, it, it, it's, it's for everyone. His glory is accessible. And here's, here's, here's what I love. Why, how can his glory be accessible? Well, Psalms 22.3, what we just did. We, we praise and worship. For, for those of you who are new to church, uh, we don't just have a band entertain us. It's called praise and worship, right? That's how we connect. That's how we exalt. That's how we glorify God. The Bible says in Psalms 22.3, but you inhabit the praise of your people. Isn't it a fascinating thing that just by you praising God, his presence comes down? Hear me now. A lot of times we're looking for something and we just, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll go, man, I just don't really feel like praising today. Just, just had me a week. Just had me a day. In fact, I, I might have I had Armageddon in my car on the way here. 
But, but the reality is, is I give God a sacrifice of praise. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise, because it costs you something, right? As I begin to glorify God, maybe, maybe some of us are here. Maybe some of us are here. Maybe some of us are here. Like your Pledge of Allegiance, you know? Carrying a TV, whatever, whatever it might be. Maybe some of you are full, full, full mast, you know, you're all the way up. Whatever it is, whatever the next step is for you, when you praise God, his glory, his, his presence starts to fill your praise. And what I love about God is it doesn't have to sound good. His glory doesn't increase with, with, the, with, the, with the tenor of my pitch, right? That, that, that his glory increases as my heart just says, God, you're worthy. God, you're glorious. God, you're above all. God, you've got this under control. There's not a power, a principality, a government, a kingdom. There's nothing that is above you. There's not, there's not a sickness. There's not a disease. There's not a problem. There's not a darkness. There's nothing above you. And all of a sudden, God in heaven goes, ooh, ooh. I gotta come down and I gotta come down and be a part of that, right? Because look at all they're dealing with, and yet they're exalting me. And his presence comes down. And in a moment, in a moment, oh, get a taste. That's why the Bible says, Oh, taste. See that the Lord is good. You know what I find a lot about Christians that they only hear that the Lord is good. They, they come to church and they hear that God is good. And then they think, well, God must be good for other people because I don't really know the goodness of God because they never tasted and they never saw that he was good. But tasting and seeing is personal and it's experiential and that's for you. So when God's presence comes down, he doesn't, God, God could stay where he is. His presence comes down to have an encounter with you. Are you with me today? That brings the manifest glory of God into your life. So you can set the atmosphere. Ezekiel 36, 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I'll cleanse you from all impurities and from your idols. We can still have idols today. Things that, the things that, that we worship over God. You might not bow down to one, but, but, but you do in your heart, right? We all, we all have things that are vying for God's place in our lives. He says, I'll give you a new heart. Who will give you a new heart? Him. God gives you a new heart. He says, I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone. Come on, somebody. And put in a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. See, part of the catalyst of the glory of God is our obedience to, his, to him and his word. But not just obedience, it's our pursuit. I don't know about you, but when I come, I want to come expecting to meet with God. I don't want to just come wondering if he might show up. If you're in this room, he showed up. Where two or three are gathered, he's there. So he showed up. So, so, so the difference between what you might leave with and what somebody else might leave with is all about pursuit and appetite. That's good. It's all about those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be what? Filled. Are you with me? 
that, that a hunger is, pre- that, that a filling is predicated upon a hunger. So the more I hunger, the more I get filled. So when I, when I say, God, I'm going to meet with you today, and I don't care how many people are in the room, I'm going to exalt the name of the Lord. His presence, his glory starts to come down in a different way in your life. You'll feel a little different. Something will change. But, but another catalyst is his desire because of his name. Because his name is great and greatly to be praised. And the Bible says that if we don't, exalt him the rocks are gonna cry out are you with me so so the name of the lord is so great that that he will get glory no matter what no matter what and and at the end when jesus returns what does it say every knee will bow every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord come on to the glory of God, the Father, to who? the glory of God. Are you with me? That, that God wants to move in your life in a new way. And a lot of times, you know, we come and we don't realize that he's been expecting you. That he's been waiting to meet with you. The results of God's glory in your life is your relationship with him is enhanced. It's changed. Direction for your life is given. You might be here today going, which way do I turn? Which way do I turn? When the glory of God shows up, it brings direction in your life. Order is established in your life. And a life-changing encounter happens with him. I'll just tell you this. My perspective is often determined by my proximity. Are you with me? When, when Moses was caught up on the mountain, the Israelites saw God as fire, but Moses experienced him as a cloud. And what I would tell you is people that aren't close don't see God the same way you do. People that are far away from him don't see him the same way you do, and they're not going to until they get a little bit closer. They won't see circumstances the same way that you do. Why? Because the closer you get, the, the more different your perspective will be. Are you following me? That, that your perspective is determined by your proximity to him and his glory and his presence. So, so, so here's what God wants to say. Get a little closer. Church, get a little closer. Church, get a little closer. Get a little, get a little hungrier. Get, say, God... I want you moving in my life in a way that I've never seen before. Listen, if you want to see him move in a different way, do a different thing. Are you following me? If you want to see him move in a different way, then do a different thing. God wants to do something new in your life. And it, the Bible says that in his light, we see light. What does that mean? That means that when I stand in the presence of God, I see other situations shed by his light and I see them in a different way. That, 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 that as I get closer, I see differently. So an encounter with God and an, and an instruction from God go hand in hand. That's why Ezekiel says, I'll put my spirit in you. You'll move. You'll follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws, right? So, so there's an invitation, but then there's an instruction that God wants you to not only just have an invitation to connect with him and an encounter with him, but instruction to walk that out practically as you move in your life. That's called the Bible. 
It's called the Bible. As you begin to walk that out, greater glory comes in your life. Now, I know that that walking through an open door is an invitation to go deeper, to go higher in God. That there's some things when, listen, a door has defined boundaries. I had them put this up here today uh, to, to help me with this. A door has defined boundaries that, that, that you know where it is because you know what isn't around it, right? That there's a frame to it and, and, it, and it necessitates a frame. It has an outline which means it has boundaries and borders to it. The glory of God has boundaries and borders to it. If you're going to walk into a new thing in Jesus, come on. If you're going to walk into a new thing in Jesus, then you have to know what the boundaries and the borders are. They're found in his word. But, but, but I, I kind of look at this like uh, this is just a really shoddy metal detector, right? And, and, and you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, we've all done that TSA thing. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You might have your carry-on. Who tries to get the carry-on? Who, who tries to put so much in the carry-on so they don't have to check the bag? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. And then you're that person on the plane, like, shoving it. And everybody's going, my gosh, what is going on? Like, you're that person. Uh, one lady, I had to help because she's packed a child in there, I think. And she's like, can't get it down. I'm like, come on, ma'am, let me help you here. And, you know, just grabbing that thing, about broke my back. So you know what I'm talking about. You know, you shoved everything in there. If you, if you check a bag before, then they put it on a scale, right? And, and, and if it's over the limit, if it's too heavy, I've watched people, they got to take things out. They got to unpack things. You've been behind that guy too. But you, you know what I'm talking about? There are some things that won't fit on the plane. They're too heavy. If you're going to have an experience with God, if you're going to move from point A to point B, there's some things in your life that are too heavy. You got to get rid of them or you're going to be charged extra. Are you hearing me? You're going to be charged extra. I never forget, I flew on one of them cheap airlines, man, and, and I was like a few pounds over. They charged me like 130 bucks for the bag. I could have flown two more people on the plane. They'll charge you extra for the weight. Are you following me? In the kingdom of God, you'll be charged extra for the weight that you ain't supposed to carry. It'll cost you more, right? But some of you do this deal. You got the bag and you go through and you know, you get up TSA and, and I, I know TSA likes to treat us all like we're two. Take your shoes off, please. Seeing grown adults standing in the airport barefoot. And I don't know who plans to put on slip-ons without socks in the airport, but that is nasty. I've seen people in bare feet standing in the TSA line. You know what I'm talking about? Some of them are you. That's disgusting. <laughs> Cleanse yourselves, you sinners. Uh, you do that, right? You take off your belt. You got to do all that. Men in $2,000 business suits looking like children holding all their stuff barefoot, Right? Because that's what we like to do. You go through, put your bag in. Oh, bag gets scanned. Oh, come through. No, can't do that. Put it on the belt. All of a sudden, red light. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, sir, you got to go back. Everybody rolls their eyes. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, got to go back. Okay, go back, go back. Oh, here's a special little table over here. Now I'm going to unpack everything. We're just talking about the glory of God today. What do I got in here? Oh, I can't have more than three ounces. I can't have more than 10 ounces. Oh, that's a screwdriver. Don't know what I'd do with that in there. Uh, bolt cutters? What did you put in here, man? I didn't know what was in here. 
You got a hammer for that unruly drunk person on a plane? You know what I'm talking about? That's right. Tape? We got to pray for our, with our pastoral assist team. We've got a serial killer in our midst. Uh, yep. Scissors. Some balls. Uh, oh, church merch. I told you to put a few things in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Has that been used? That's disgusting. <laughs> so you put it all out. Seriously, I have no idea what was in there. <laughs> I feel like this analogy just went off the rails. <laughs> so you put, you put it all out. And, 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 and here's the deal. You get through that part. And then, then, then you go through, hold on, we're going to get another light up here. You, you do all that, you, you, everybody's embarrassed. You go through red light again. We got another red light. Okay. People know what this is. You're like, everything's gone. I, I, I don't know what it could possibly be. And, and, and people behind you are like, yeah, yeah, we know what it is. It's something in your pocket, something somewhere. But you go, no, 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 I don't have anything. They wand you. They do all this over here, you know. All of a sudden, something happens. You get, you get scanned. You don't know what it is. I don't think you know what it is. It's not working. This isn't going to make it on the plane. I thought it would work. It doesn't work. This analogy stinks now. Anyway, you get wanded, and here's the problem with a wand, right? Okay, works. You're like, what is that? And there's somebody there that has some piece of foreign metal in their body. Know what I'm talking about? Again, some of that is you. So you go through, and then you got to explain. They're like, why is this beeping? Why is this beeping? You know, why doesn't this beep? There it is. You're like, oh, well, you know, I had a hip replacement. And I, you know, talk about it. Here's the deal. They got to check all that, and they got to scan all that, and they got to do all that. And there's some things that God expects you to unpack. Right? Right? But Ezekiel says... I'll put a new heart in you. I'll put a new spirit in you. There are things inside of you that you can't get out. They mitigate against the glory of God in your life. And only God can do heart transplants. Only God can put a new spirit in you. See, that person, they can't, they can't go, well, let me hear it. Let me take the metal out real quick. Can't do it. You can't get on the plane, you can't go to where he wants you to go until he does some surgery. And, and I think all too often, we get embarrassed by what's on the inside. We get embarrassed, yes, yeah, the bolt cutters. We get embarrassed by what's on the inside. And here's what I wanna tell you. Ezekiel knew, God knew that his people, his people, had so much going on, there was no way that they could make that change. Only the creator can make that change in the creation. 
and you can try to modify your behavior all you want. You can try and fight this, fight that. All You can white knuckle it all you want. The reality is until you submit and surrender to God, that will never get free, that will never get healed, that will never get better. You're going to take two steps forward and three back because God's glory is uncompromising. As part of his nature, God doesn't pick and choose. It's, it's like magnetism. There are certain magnets that repel each other, right? Why? Because they're different charges. God's nature is holy. It's just who he is. It's why God can't lie. God can't do everything. He can't lie. He's limited himself by his holiness. So when you think about this, when you come to him and you say, God, I want your glory in my life. He says, okay, let's start here. What are you holding on to that can't make it through and going to make it through TSA? Uh, you, you know, there's some things that you got to leave behind. Then, then, then what things are you trying to fit on the plane that are going to cost you more? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can get it on, but it's going to cost you a lot more, Right? Oh, well, well, you're five pounds over. Okay, that'll be $200. Or, uh, what do I want to do there? Do I want to get it on or do I, do, I wanna, do I unpack it and leave it behind? That's up to you. So some things you work out, some things you pay for, but some things only God can do. And if you allow him to do that work, you don't need to be afraid. He's the best doctor in town. He's the great physician. He knows how to excise everything that doesn't need to be there. He knows, how to, he knows how to do all that stuff. And he can put in a new heart. Hear me. Only he can put in a new heart. Are you with me? Don't be afraid of the detector. That just lets you know what needs to go. Are you with me? That just lets you know what needs to go. So when you look at all of this, God is trying to say something through Ezekiel. There are things that God expects you to leave behind, but then there are things that only he can take out and he can remove. And there's some things in your life that only God can do that in, and that's how you experience his glory. It takes you to another level. It takes you to another level. You begin to hear him a little more clearer. You begin to see him a little better. You begin to understand his presence in your life, on your day, in your job, in your careers, and whatever it is that you're doing. You, you go to, you, you go to, you level up. You just level up in every way. And, and God has that for you. And you might be sitting in that seat going, what is he talking about? Trust me to tell you, uh, it is not just for me. It's for you. God has that for your life. And so Ezekiel is in a place where he is a fugitive, he's, he's, a, he's a refugee in an in a unholy land. And they've been there, they'll be there for 70 years. But God, in Ezekiel 43, he says this, the man brought me to the gate facing east, the gate of the temple that faced east. And I saw the glory of God, the God of Israel, coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters and the land was radiant with his glory. Come on. That, that, that God came from the east. What's the east? It's the dawn. Can I just tell you that, that, that when you start your day, 
Awaken the dawn. When you start your day saying, God, what do you want? The Psalm 57, 8, awake my soul, awake, I will awaken the dawn. Hosea 6, 3, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of the dawn, that God comes in the morning, that God comes from the east, that his glory and his presence appear in that place. Do you know that, that the morning brings the provision of God in your life every morning? It's why the Bible says his what? His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Some things don't come at night, they come in the morning. So, so you got to make it through the night to get to the morning, but his provision will come in the morning. I love that God says that that is, that that is his provision for us. Psalm 143 says, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. The, the morning is when God will begin to download into you your day, things that he wants for your life. Church, the morning. I'm not a morning person. I don't like the mornings. I do late nights. But God wants me to start with him. I've said this before. It's not everything that ends well. Everything that starts well ends well. Start in the morning with God. God's provision is there. His mercy is there. His love is there for you in the morning. If you can tap into that, it will carry you through the day and the night season. It'll carry you through. The Bible says that his voice was like rushing waters. Can I just say, Elijah had to discern the voice of the Lord. The, Lord, the voice of the Lord was like rushing water. It was refreshing. But rushing water means it drowns everything else, part, else out. Part of the glory of God is him being able to speak to you and you only hearing his voice. Hear me. How many voices, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, make the decision, make that decision. Some of us don't even bother to stop to hear the voice. But the more you stop to hear his voice, the louder his voice will get in prayer. You go, gosh, God, all of a sudden it's drowning everything else out. Some of you have so many voices in your life, so distracted. God's saying, hey, my glory can come if you just focus on my voice. But what about this? But what about that? But I got this situation with this family member. I got this thing with my health or that thing. There's so many voices. Can I tell you that, that when you tap into the voice of the Lord and you let it grow, when you focus on it, It'll drown everything else out. Do you know that water, you can travel on it. The voice of the Lord will take you places. It'll move things. I remember as a kid going to Grand Canyon and the Colorado River runs through it. And man, the, the water has cut through rock. The, the, the voice of God can cut through the hardest, hardest impediments, the hardest obstacles, the hardest things in your life. It can shape and form things. The voice of the Lord is like rushing waters. I love Pastor Amy said, what'd she say? Wherever the river flows, the life of God goes. Wherever the voice of God goes, his, his life goes with it. Church, stop to listen to the voice of God. The, the, the glory of God comes through his voice. It's pure, water's purifying it. It purifies us. Ephesians 5.22 says that, that when I'm, I'm washed by the word of God, you know, I, I just want to tell you, there's so much junk out there. So much junk out there. 
When you get the word of God in you, it just washes your mind. It makes you think a little bit differently, makes you see a little bit differently. You go, ah, I don't know. That doesn't seem right. Maybe I, maybe I follow this. All of a sudden, glory of God comes. All of a sudden, glory of God comes. Glory of God comes. Glory of God comes. Glory of God comes. It begins to build in your life. David knew that. That's why when Nathan the prophet came to correct him, he, he, he worshiped the Lord. Why? Because there was a purifying agent in the voice of God, in the word of God that said, hey, I got to do something different. I've been, having a, I've been committing adultery. I got to move on. Sometimes being a man after God's own heart is how I respond to him. He had to respond differently. The Bible says that he came from the east gate and, and, and Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord. He saw it. Can, can I tell you, open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. Start to see what you haven't seen before. God can show you his purpose in the place of your affliction. Ezekiel is a refugee in an unholy land. And God is showing him the glory of the temple. That, that, that God's purpose can be seen in the place of your affliction. That his plan, the place of your captivity, the place of your hopelessness, God can still show you his plan, church. He can still show you his plan. And Ezekiel's seeing it. He's going, my gosh. And he sees all of the temple. He sees every facet of it. He, he's led by the Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit lifted me up. It brought me to the inner court. The Holy Spirit is a lifter. The Holy Spirit lifts you from one place to another, takes you here and there. And I just want to say, there's insight on the inside. The Holy Spirit takes him to the inner court. Some of us are so busy looking on the outside, looking in. Going, God, I don't know if that's for me. That might be for them. A lot of people don't feel comfortable in church. Can I just say, it's all for you. It's all for you. Come on on the inside, you'll see a different insight on the inside. You can't see that from the outside. You got to get on the inside. Insight comes on. See, deeper will always be steeper. <laughs> deeper is always steeper. You got to go to a different level to get to deeper. But there's insight on the inside. The Holy Spirit takes Ezekiel into the temple. He begins to see different things. And God will take you to different levels of service, of dedication, of holiness, of effectiveness, of consecration. But you got to be willing to go to the inside. Ezekiel goes to all these places and God says, listen, show them. I want you to hear this. He says, show them, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider the plan. And if they're ashamed of all they've done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangements, its exits, its entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and laws. Write these down before them so they'll be faithful to follow its design and all its regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. Compromise is like falling down a hill. Gravity will just take you there. And it's always harder to stand up. Open your life up to holiness, church. Come on. That's not a bad word. That's not a word that needs to make you feel ashamed. That's a word that God wants for your life. You're called to, we're called as his people to be holy. And he says, hey, show them the plan if they're willing to give some things up. If they're willing to unpack some things, they can go through to another place. I don't know about you. You can camp out in Babylon or you can get up and go to Israel. But you're, you're going to see the glory of God when you go to Israel. It's not going to be in Babylon. 
Ezekiel sees it prophetically and it'll come later when God's people say, hey, we got a different hunger. We got a different passion. We got a different desire. I'm gonna let him shape and mold and move some things. Here, you can have fear. It's been beating me up for a long time. You can have this, you can have that. Whatever it was, cut it off of me. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Some things don't make it through. Don't hold on to what you never needed anyway. We can't stay in the terminal and act like we made it to Hawaii. And go, gosh, you know, this Christianity thing, I mean, it's, it's you know, a lot of bathrooms. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of seats, kind of stuffy, you know. No, no, no. It's paradise. You just never got on the plane. Are you feeling me? You know what I'm saying? Don't hold on. Let it go. Let it go. And get on the plane. God will take you places that you never thought you'd go. And his glory will come into your life by degrees. Come on. Church, I love you. I want the best for you. And God has something amazing for each and every one of you. Come on, let's just, let's just for a minute say that. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. When they say, repeat this after me. Say, God, you have something great for me. I receive your glory as I give you everything. You have permission to unpack my life of anything that would keep me, that would hold me back from you. I give you permission today. Give me a new heart. Put a new spirit in me that I may see your glory and reflect your glory to a lost world. In Jesus' name. Your head's bowed, your eyes closed, you're here today. You just say, man, I've never heard that I could connect with God personally. Never heard that I could hear his voice. Never heard that I could know him. Maybe you've been far from him for a while. Maybe you're struggling with something. You're setting off all kinds of alarms. God wants to unpack some things in your life. The only way to do that is Jesus. If you're here today and you need Jesus, he's the best person you could possibly know. He's a Lord, he's a Savior, and he paid a price that you and I couldn't. And if you're willing to give him your life today, he'll give you abundant and eternal life. Forgiveness of sin, redemption, salvation from hell. If you'd like to know him today, I want to invite you. Our whole church will pray with you. If you're online, somebody that's going to speak with you right now. We're going to say a prayer, and at the end of it, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, acknowledging that you said it, that you invited Christ into your life, that you started a relationship with him, that you surrendered, that you had forgiveness of sin. Would you pray with me today? And Jesus is in this room. He's walking up and down these, these aisles right now, and he loves you. Say, dear God, forgive me of all my sin. I turn to you and I give you my life as I make you, Jesus, my Lord and Savior.
Forgive me and wash me clean. Thank you for saving me, giving me abundant and eternal life. I'll serve you all my days and I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. You said that prayer, you meant it in your heart. Would you just raise your hand right now so I can celebrate with you? Come on, thank you. That's good stuff right there. Just keep them up nice and high. Come on, let's clap for those that did that.